Hey, this is Paul. Just a little disclaimer before the episode starts. This recording with our guest was recorded on Discord. All being well, the quality of the audio is up to scratch, and there may be a couple of swear words here and there within the episode too, so just to bear in mind that nothing too serious. Hope you enjoy. So, we are joined by a special guest this time. We haven't had one in a good while now, we so... No, it's been a while. <laughs> so, we're very excited to be talking with a, another fellow podcaster, Mike Militelli, is, it, is that right? Or am I getting that completely wrong? Militello. No, it's all right. Oh, it's almost right. This is why I yeah. give it to you all the time because I just said it completely wrong. It happens all the time. So thank you once again for doing this. We very appreciate your time. Oh, no problem. No problem. Thank you so much for having me, guys. So if you wouldn't mind, give us a little introduction about what you do in your podcast and everything and just a little bit of background, what you do. Uh, yeah, um, I'm Militello. I, me and two of my other buddies, we do a podcast called Professionally Amateur, which is, uh, it started off as kind of newsy-ish, where we just talked about topics and kind of poked fun at it. But it's a very loose base, just, hey, whatever we want to talk about. And uh, it's very non-PC. The goal is to get a lot of people angry. (laughs) And people seem to love it. (laughs) I do it with it's myself, my buddy Paige, who's uh, uh, another Marine veteran as uh, that I served with, and then my tech guy who goes by Doofenshmirtz because <laughs> his gamer tag nobody could pronounce right, so we just started calling him that. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you have um, like a YouTube channel or a, like a Twitch stream that you do your things on then? Yeah, we do a little bit of everything. Um, so professionally amateur, you can find that on Spotify or wherever you guys uh, get podcasts. Uh, YouTube is just Militello, so that's M I L L I T E L L O, and th- that's where we put up uh, gameplay videos as well as uh, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, there's no video up there for the podcast since I don't have actual internet right now. It makes it kind of difficult. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, but right now we do still have put the audio up there with little with little characters there of us, as well as we sh- used to stream on Twitch, um, which is just Militello on Twitch there. Mm-hmm. And uh, here in the future, we're going to be doing uh, live podcasts up there as well. Yeah, and then just it's Militello on Twitter, Instagrams, all that stuff. If there's not many Militellos, so if you fi- type that in, it'll pull it up. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, it should be fairly easy to come across. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Is there any like um, particularly favorite topics you've talked about recently or any games that you've looked, enjoyed covering or enjoy playing? So, topics COVID's been pretty easy one to go with. Um, yeah. 
obviously yeah yeah well i just got over having covid too they had a, they had me oh. yeah it sucked <laughs> yeah i bet yeah but uh covid and then since i'm here in the states the crazy election that was going on there yeah um <laughs> stuff like that even being on you. what was that even being in our news, I know about the U.S. elections with Biden and yeah. yeah. I literally was thinking, is there anything actually happening in the U.K. because we haven't seen any U.K. news? No, everybody's been going crazy. It's rioters everywhere, people protesting. It's like I'm just trying to get to work. Yeah, but no, yeah. it's really easy to poke at people, and it's it's just poking a bear with a stick. And I love seeing the angry comments. <laughs> Pretty thick skinned here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Need. <laughs> so they that kind of work. Yeah, you guess you do need to be that tolerance to it. Yeah, and then as for games, um, uh, we do, um, we do a lot of uh, Call of Duty videos, even though like a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. But actually, just before I lost internet, I downloaded an emulator. Um, so I have a bunch of old. Uh, I've been playing the original Pokemon Red for like the Game Boy on my computer. Uh Oh gosh, I'm a really big fan here. Yeah. Literally, now we're not going to even be talking about this movie. It's going to end up just being <laughs> on about Pokemon because you are obsessed, aren't you? With, yeah, you love it. So, yeah. Ever since obviously '98 onwards, um, you know, when it first came out with the original red and blue and yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, right now, I just got to the tower with the ghosts there. Did you play it back from when it first came out, or have you never actually? This is my first time doing this one. My first one was gold version. Mm-hmm. And then that was the one with uh, the one bird, Ho-Ho or oh, something like that. Ho-Ho, oh, yeah, yeah. Ho-Ho-Ho. Yeah. Ho. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Ho-Ho-Ho, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then after that, I did Ruby Red. And then I was like, well, I got this now. So I'm bouncing back and forth between that. And uh, I got a GameCube emulator also. So I've been playing Pokemon Coliseum. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah but it's very different from the, the, red and, the, the red and blue games and everything. But yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like the graphics were so terrible back then, I can't even recognize half the Pokemon on the, on the game. <laughs> yeah, especially on the red cartridge. Yeah, if you notice that, you're like, "What is this sprite that you, I'm looking at here?" Exactly. I'm like, uh, I can't put any nicknames. I'm not going to remember anybody. <laughs> you take seriously, don't you, to the nicknames as well that you yeah, give your Pokemon? I do. Yeah. You, you like when I play it, you're looking at me like. I don't even name them. I'm just like, I need to know what they are because obviously you can ask me what Pokemon I've got and I'm not going to know <laughs> <laughs> what they are if I don't change the name. End up sending out the wrong ones there. <laughs> yeah, because I'm so well conversed with all like the names and what they evolve into and all the research and stuff. I'm very much like, um, yeah, it's nickname that because that's what it turns into or something relates to that. And it's got to be in a certain ball because there's all these other mechanics that in the later games you have. There's got to be it looks got to be nice and pretty, and it's got to be have certain stats. And it's it's all this technical stuff that it's you, there wasn't at the beginning when you were just blasting through with a Charmander and that was it. But um, that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> <laughs> Charizard's up to 50, level fifty right now. All my other ones yeah, are like right. level ten. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, and that's the what most people did back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, but, yeah. So yeah, uh, that's great to know that you, as someone who enjoys Pokemon, um, always like people to converse with on that. Yeah, that's my main jam with games, really. That one in terms of RPG series, at least. 
Ooh, I love The Sims. I get pretty reckless with it. The only problem is, like, since most of my YouTube and Twitch stream is multiplayer there, because it's a lot easier uh, to keep talking when you have other people, because you can sometimes get inside your head when you're talking, like, to yourself for a few hours. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, whereas um, The Sims there, I can sit there for hours and play it, but I'll sit there in dead silence. Yeah, I've got uh, Sophie who loves The Sims. I love The Sims. Game. I could play it all day and not get bored, literally. I, but you look at me and you don't really get it, do you? You're like... Yeah, it's like me, me you with Pokemon. It's like, yeah. I can spend so much time on that, whereas I'm like, I can spend so much time on somebody, you know, cooking... But, like, you're playing you know? God with this person. Yeah. Like, literally, you are the owner, like... You can either make them have a really bad day or a really good day, and depending on how you feel, you you're in control of this entire world. That's why I love it. <laughs> yeah, you can either make them thrive, get a great job, or you just end up locking them in the basement. Go to the creator there and take out all the doors there and see how long. Yep, I've done that before, <laughs> and you can even put a swimming pool in, and you can make them drown, and you've only got a small little space if you want. Yeah, really yeah, you take the ladder out of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. I love it. Um, I download all the expansion packs. I'm a sucker for, you keep saying to me, literally, what else can they make a new expansion pack for? And I'm like, well, whatever it is, I know I'm going to get it. <laughs> I've never got to use the expansions. I've seen people use it, and I'm like, oh, come on. It's just one transaction. No, I can't do it yet. <laughs> I'm like, I'm waiting for the ultimate one there, one that truly... Is amazing. It's really going to catch my interest. <laughs> yeah, like a big old bundle of everything. I love the big bundle ones. I'm not going to do like just like a laundry day for ten pound yeah. one. Like yeah. I can do my own laundry at home. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm experience that in virtual. No. World now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we'll jump right into our experiences and everything with the the, the movie we're going to be talking about today. That's okay. Sounds good. So. I picked out this one particularly because of the differences in the titles, for one thing. So for us in the UK, the film is called The Boat That Rocked. I keep singing Don't Rock the Boat, Baby. That's what keeps coming into my head. (laughs) (laughs) And for you in the US, it was called Pirate Radio. Yeah. And then once I Googled it, that's what kept coming up was the boat that rocks. I'm like, oh, apparently we're wrong over here. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the original type. But I'm guessing it was maybe more like cut, cut and dry with what the, the title of the for, for you guys. No offense, like, to, right, this is what it is. It's a, a, yeah, a pirate radio boat kind of thing for pirate radio stations. I don't know. Maybe that's the reason. They sometimes do that, don't they, with other films, like changing the thing to make it a bit more. Uh, yeah, probably to... just shortened it to s- simplify it there, just to catch it right there. Yeah, possibly. And as well, I've noticed—is it like the humor for like British slash Americans is a little bit different? So maybe the boat that rocks oh, does sound like a British type. I don't know. It, it does, does sound in a, in a weird way. Yeah, when you think about <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was directed by Richard Curtis. Now, have you have you seen any of his other films that he's directed before? I'm not quite well. What are some other films there? I didn't. Uh, I didn't quite dive into that part. No, he's he's done things like Four Weddings. Oh, he's, he's I think he's a writer on that. I think perhaps, but I know he's done like Love Actually and About Time. No, I no. <laughs> so basically, what you have to do now is you have to go and watch Love Actually because not, it's not right now, but not, after this, right, literally yeah. right now. <laughs> 
watch for that today. It's the best Christmas film ever. If you love Christmas. I don't know if you love Christmas. Uh, well, My, you should. I got the red in the back. What do you mean? I love Christmas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you have to go and find Love Actually and you have to tell us what you think. It sounds like a rom-com. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It is. Yep. Okay. <laughs> There's only been one rom-com I've enjoyed, and that was, uh, I think, Just Friends with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Anything in right with Ryan Reynolds, I am there. I love him to bits. Oh, yeah, I think I've seen that a while ago. It's yeah. Like early days. Okay. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's old now. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big rom-com lover then. It it has to hit just right. Um, it has to have. Because I feel like a lot of the rom-coms nowadays are focused, not sound sexist or anything, but they're mainly focused towards women there. Whereas it's hard to find one where it has one that appeals to to both sides. And that can just be one actor. Like there was, like obviously you got Ryan Reynolds there, so you have that Van Wilder sense of humor in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's a Jack Black one I've been wanting to watch too. I can't remember what it's called. Is it another Christmas one? I th- it might be. The Holiday. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I've been wanting to. Yeah, over the holidays, you might want to check that out because obviously it is more Christmas orientated. Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. And it's got you jacked back. Jack, jack. Black humor. Yeah. <laughs> Put my teeth in. Yeah, and Cameron Diaz is in it. So there's yeah. those aspects. You're familiar with those in their comedy stylings. So. Yeah, so that, that one. Yeah, I've I've been wanting to check it out. It's just I haven't gotten off my lazy butt yet to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, interesting you said about the whole thing. You know, like rom coms being more female oriented. I do feel like this one is essentially more leaning towards the male side of things in terms of a romantic comedy, in a way, because it's obviously a lot of male cast in this. Oh yeah, compared to the like one or two women that are they're featured in throughout the film, other than the. the Sort of like the people who come to visit on the boat, but yeah. Well, the <laughs> yeah, the big thing that caught my attention for this one was just uh, I'm like, okay, I already love rock music and I love classic rock there, and um, so that's what really drew uh, drew me in. This movie has one of the greatest soundtracks ever. Definitely, I totally agree. Yeah, this I've when I've obviously watched the first film for the first time, and then I, I almost like immediately went and got like the the CD with all the. The, the one that some of the highlights from the film and obviously like then google like where what these other songs are called because it's obviously so much rock and roll yeah classics from like the 60s 70s and all that kind of stuff going on the only other recent movie i would say where something where you're going to love almost the entire catalog is something like guardians of the galaxy or something like that where it's they focus so much on that yeah. whereas this it's like the whole importance of the story and what keeps it going That's, yeah revolves around that pretty much mm-hmm. so like looking at the end and credits you know like where they list all the, the, the music they used to say there's so many different things and some of them are like only like maybe like 10 seconds of a song and it's like that must have cost them a fortune to make to mm-hmm. have the license to just to use that 10 seconds or whatever it is for, for just for that yeah but you're almost kind of like listening to like i want to listen to that a little bit longer please because it's like my like it might jump a favorite song that you like and it's like oh, no, i don't, don't want to listen to that other one that you're playing now but, yeah. yeah well this this soundtrack here has has my favorite band on there which is the who oh yeah and then it's got my favorite song of all time in here also which is um it's called the letter by um the box tops yes and i think that's way back in the 50s there mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I never hear that in a soundtrack. And they did a great job placing, especially as it gets closer to the end of the movie, where having these uh, these classic rock songs. Yeah. And then having them fit the mood. Like once the they're supposed to go off the air there, and then they kick back on with my generation. It's like, oh, you guys are geniuses. Yeah, yeah. A bit of a sad, slow one is uh, when the ship, obviously we're jumping around it, but obviously when the ship's near the climax where the ship is sinking. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here's, here's a long track, and it's that um, white shade of pale, which is kind of like a melancholy, almost like down with the ship kind of song that's playing out. It's kind of like, oh, in the, in the feels a little bit, mm-hmm. really, when you hear that. Yeah, and then it's, especially with that line, it's like, hopefully we get to hear the end of this one here. Or even when um, when Bob and, I believe it's, his name's Carl. Yeah, young Carl. When Bob and Carl there are trying to, yeah. Carl's trying to get Bob out of the boat as it's flooding there, and he's holding on to his one record there and it's this sad slow melancholy song there that's playing yeah uh, it's perfect cat stevens one i think is it father and son yeah it's obviously apt because it's you know he's he's realized his dad and everything but yeah um that also i watched it with my dad um a while ago and he's it kind of reminds me of him because he's very much into his final records and so i could imagine him being like no i don't want to let go of this my, my collection like bob dylan vinyls and all that kind of stuff yeah, and then of course they get up there. It's like, oh, this record's garbage, and just throws it back into the water. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, my dad was like, no, I can't get it. But uh, Bob is such a deadhead, by the way. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, a deadhead is a uh, a fan of the Grateful Dead. Oh right, and everybody you see has that Jerry Garcia look. There, yeah, Bob. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. No. But, uh, what do you make of all the um, obviously the the male? leads and everything that we've got we've obviously got a fair few but in terms of the cast overall what do you really make of them they did a great job um i think where they all fit together there to make it it does have that romance in there but where it's not like the main focus where it starts as okay this kid's troubled uh we're sending him out here on the boat where later on you're finding out okay the mom obviously knows that the dad's here on this ship and then so you have that story playing along with it as well as um, uh, you got Carl and I believe her name is uh, Marianne or Marion. Yeah, Marianne. Um, where, yeah, and there was where, a song. Yeah, and then you've got their love story going on as well. And then you're seeing these struggles of the other characters where the Count and Gavin are trying to find out who's the alpha male there, like when they play chicken. Yeah. And they did a great job having all these different stories where one doesn't take over too much with the other. Yeah, yeah. And where these um, characters characteristics there are shining through and then you see uh they blend so well together with the story as well as all the different characters there to give you this mass umbrella uh that just blends together so nicely yeah there are a few characters that do sit more back in the sidelines but again they're, they're sort of like the members of like skeleton crew aren't they with in terms of what they do as a role in mm-hmm. for the the station i guess so it's you don't guess you don't need to know about every single person that's on on the boat exactly but, but yeah obviously there's obviously more more focus on some of the the characters you know like the marriage of um simon simple simon and his you know his american wife that eleanor yeah <laughs> for like 17 hours or whatever it was that he's yeah. married i felt so sorry, sorry for yeah. him it was like bless him he was really gullible wasn't he to think that this yeah. lovely pretty blonde woman would want him <laughs> the way he handled it too like i'm just a bit confused <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to break it's it very, like, very, yeah, very british thing to to do yeah it's like oh you'll <laughs> probably hear us next door 
Oh, that'd be lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Musical differences, the reason for the divorce. (laughs) It was very well done as well with the scene and don't get me on songs and such because I can't remember what Mm -hmm. song it was. Um, when he kind of went on air the first time and he was like looking like he was lip syncing oh, to yeah, the song. Stay, stay with me, baby. I can't remember who it was who does the original version. But um, yeah, where he's like almost like pouring his heart and soul like, into oh. the, the song while he was singing. And then obviously he's back to normal when he's doing the, the radio oh. live, but uh, feeling like, you know, like he's he's not letting the, the side down with his burdening everybody with his, his, his troubles, really, which is kind of like comes across, you know, like as, as someone who should in the in that professional business of that so. but to be fair really he'd only known her two weeks i don't even yeah. love her that much <laughs> <laughs> yeah like even off the first time meeting her like talking about marrying her and having kids yeah <laughs> yeah and then she falls for her then right afterwards goes to uh goes ends up in dave's He's like hey mate how's it going like i see you she as she's hiding under the blanket <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Is it? Like that was all supposed to happen in one day, but it's like that's a bit much for love in one day. Yeah. yeah, I do think the women in this, I think for me, look a little bit fickle. I think like you've only got one really strong female character, and she's a lesbian. Yeah, um, and then the other ones are like all kind of screaming at all the men because obviously it's back in the day when, <laughs> like, if I did that, I would not dream of doing that. Right? Like, if even if like my idol was on a stage or something. I'd maybe shed a tear, but I wouldn't literally like go berserk yeah. and lose my shit because this person's on stage. But like literally they throw knickers and everything, don't they? At them the like much, yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand. Yeah, well, like even because Dave, um, who's he's the bigger set guy with the glasses from uh, like Delta Farce and all that, Nick Frost. Yeah. yeah. Like they make him like a like this sex god and, and it's like of all the people you choose, you choose him. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the, the Marianne scenario, it's like, why would she go immediately straight to, you know, he's Carl, young Carl's like, you know, going to look for a condom and then two minutes gone and he's already, she's already in bed with him and it's like, what's, what's that about? You know, I know it's like free and thing, it's the 60s kind of thing, but mm. it's a bit, you're a bit like, yeah, really? Yeah, like, don't you have any morals? Yeah, yeah. That's the hard part with Dave's character because he keeps trying to take Carl under his wing. But then he does things like that also. <laughs> yeah. Backstabby, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't really think I trust him that much, really, as no. a taken under you, you wing kind of no. man, even though he looks like he tries to do that. Yeah. And then then you get that other scene after, shortly after when Carl's going to sit in the, the room with all, like, the the losers' room, basically, where, you know, the people who aren't having the sex. <laughs> and he's going to just sit in there moping and then the other two come and, like, give him a cup of tea and a biscuit. And yeah. it's quite enough. That's quite a, quite a sweet thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, subduing straight away, and then he's kind of like, "Oh, okay." And like you, at least um, Harold, you don't hear barely anything except for this and that. That's his longest shot on camera, just eating these cookies here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it because it's a typical British thing. thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like cup, something... Have a cup of tea and everything's okay. Yeah. yeah. A cup of tea and a biscuit, and you're fine. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing I noticed a lot on this too, because I went through and I, I rewatched it before before we did this here, yeah. and I'm like back and forth everybody's just like oh cup of tea for this cup of tea for that i'm like oh apparently a cup of tea fixes everything <laughs> it does yeah, it really mentality, does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah love a cup of tea yeah. Yeah. and then we obviously have the other side of the spectrum with the sort of like you know the the 
political government side of thing. You're like, oh, we want we want to shut down rock and roll stations, and it's kind of like almost like the, almost the, the very typical British, like what what other cultures think that we are like, or oh, all stiff <laughs> upper lip and yeah, yeah, all suit and ties and dreary and everything. It's just like that. No, they did a good job with Alistair as the main bad guy there, especially towards the end there. Once uh, once Twat tells him that um. That the ship's going down. Yeah, like, no, yeah. better yeah. money on other things there. Whereas with Twat, you see that second side of him. Even though he's not on screen, you see that second, that compassionate side there. But uh, Alistair's like, nope, I don't care. It's done with. It's like when they had their Christmas scene. Like obviously, you know which Christmas party you wanted to be at. You wanted to be on the boat that rocked. But compared to like the political, oh, let's pop a cracker, and it being really like. <laughs> oh, I was meaning to ask you. So is that crown there? Um, I didn't understand that for the Christmas thing that they where they were wearing the crowns. Oh, you mean the hats? Is it or the crackers with a joke? Do you have not have like paper hats in your crackers in, in the states? No, no, not. no. I had no idea what that meant. That was so over my head. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No. So I'm right. what do you have in your crackers then? Do you have crackers? No. <laughs> really? Like literally, like a little paper thing that you pull and. And then you get a little toy or, or, or a joke to, or a fact. No? Is that not a thing? That... No. I mean, we got fortune cookies if you go to the, go to the Asian restaurants. That's about it. But oh, right. I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> that America are not jumping on this bandwagon because they would, like, merchandise the living hell out of this. Let me show you what a cracker looks like. Just bear with me. <laughs> yeah, because I saw the hats. I'm like, okay, so maybe this is just a thing they're doing on the boat. And then I saw it once they went to Alistair's uh, party there. And I'm like, am I missing something? Have I been doing Christmas wrong this whole time? Missing out, I think. Because it's quite a fun thing to do and sort of like a, just a little fun like gesture with everybody to just to... I love a cracker. Like, literally, I I'm surprised... This is literally really rubbish, and you pay like three pound or something ridiculous for them. But this is what a box of crackers would look like. So, and <laughs> I don't know what the fact you should see how rubbish they are. You like literally get like a jumping frog. Yeah, those are like the cheapest toys I've ever pencil, seen. Pencil, a pen, and it's really crap what you get in them. It's literally, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the cheapest crackers there. But they can go up in price, don't they? Like to ridiculously, like you could spend like fifteen pound, twenty pound on crackers depending on what they put in them because you can put anything in them. oh so you know if you spend less on them then you know you're not going to get quite as good stuff in it that makes sense so i'm really interested about that <laughs> so what's with the hat well you just you open you do your cracker and then everybody around the table will be wearing the hat i don't really know what the hat resembles and why we have it but everyone would be wearing this hat and you'd have a joke and you'd have your toy at the table. So it makes it sound like we're really childish now, don't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we just open presents around Christmas tree, open the stocking and then and I watch Rudolph. That's right. I'm a 27 year old man watching Rudolph still. I don't care. Is that one we, just, we recently saw that last year, didn't we? Yeah. Is that, that's the one with the, the little climation one, isn't it? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And the, the abominals. Uh, is, is it called the Obama Snowman in that? Yeah, yeah. Where he's angry till the end there? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, even with the joke in the cracker there with um uh, with Alistair, it is. like they did it, like they keep trying to dig in that this is a bad guy and like just doesn't enjoy any fun at all. Where he opens his cracker like, 
oh, that was funny. And then Jack doesn't tell it to anybody else there. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, what's the joke? You know, because the other guy on, on the book, when he's reading on the boat, and it's like, reading the thing, it's like, oh, oh these are the facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The biggest, ma- largest mammal is the humpback whale. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still fascinated that the US don't have crackers. I'm like, yeah. I can't believe it. But I'm going to have to order some this year yeah. then. Change it up here. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, when you said his name twat um, we it's yeah here over it's twat i don't know if that is that something else that means something different in the states i don't think i'm allowed to say what it what it what it means (laughs) (laughs) i don't think we'd be allowed to say what it means either uh, yeah no it's it's obviously it's it's a protest like uh, obscenity that you call somebody yeah but so it's always always funny when where you hear that for it's like, oh, good job, Twat. Yeah. <laughs> just, just funny. Just the... Yeah, I mean, like, as soon as it, as soon, I'm like, no, that's not his name. And then he kept calling him. I'm like, okay, okay, that's this poor guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> Must have horrible parents. Might <laughs> be surname, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, could you imagine those parents that name your kid that? <laughs> to be fair, I like how he says it, the word Twat. Because ours sounds a little bit more abrupt um, and a bit more aggressive, I think, the yeah. way the British say it. Yeah. Twat. It's, it's really quick. Really quick and hit, hits the point there when, yeah. every time he says it there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but um, for Dave there, just really quick, I think, like how we were talking about how Dave there goes back and forth with Carl there, like taking him under his wing. Mm. I think another point where they tried to, uh, I guess, like hit that one home there was when they're doing um, Never Have I Ever on the ship there. And uh, he's talking about flat out just cheating on his wife that he had. Yeah. Like, oh, well, she was mad because yeah. I crapped the bed at four in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably didn't explain to his wife why, because it's like, well, you don't want to get caught cheating. So he said, you look like an idiot who's gone in your bed and had a poop. <laughs> and they keep hammering home there with uh with how terrible of a person Dave is there, but they still like make him kind of more of a lovable character with, there with kind of his goofiness. Do you know actually who I really liked, mm-hmm. which it was weird in the end. And I normally get like a connection in a film, and I'm like, oh, that's my favorite character. So like in Lord of the Rings, Sam. Samwise Gamgee. I love him to bits. He's like my favorite. Like I don't even care about Frodo and <laughs> his travel. I'm like, just tell me about Sam. <laughs> So I think for me, the count, I really, really Yeah, this time around I've really gelled with him as a you know, the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman. He played that role really well as a, a lead, the one of the main leads. Yeah, and he's he's just really a humble guy. Yeah, I know like he has that kind of banter with the other American man who oh I don't like him whatsoever, he's quite obnoxious. Oh Gavin. Yeah, yeah. he does my head in. Every time he's on the scene, I'm like, oh he's just one of those characters that you just I don't gel with because he's just so, so cocky. cocky. Yeah. Whereas the Count seems quite humble, quite down to earth, and he wants to actually be on the ship. They did a great job casting him for that. He does good in that. He does great in that role. Even like uh, when they're playing chicken there, when they're climbing up the up the mast there, and he's like, "Wop, I blew that, whoop, I boom," <laughs> and then when he hits the water, just yells, "Tutti fruity." <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but uh, then you see that more humanistic factor there uh once they know that uh they're about to get busted there and he says this is the greatest days of our life there he does a great job transitioning from those funny goofy parts 
and then the leadership part as well as seeing the serious part there of everything like coming to a conclusion there as well and philip seymour hoffman's was a great amazing actor there and he ha- does really good with that diversity there definitely does i think he has a little bit i don't know why jack black kind of came to me a little bit the way that he's, right, yeah yeah he spoke and kind of what's that song that you maybe listened to once and i was like the greatest song ever, isn't it? Tenacious D. Tribute, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminded me of that when he was like kind of doing his air talking sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming across that way, yeah, very much. Rock and roll, yeah. Uh, th- this movie really makes me think like that's a job I would love to do. Like if you love music and and even with like doing a podcast or game streaming there, you kind of get to do that, but without the music there, whereas... Uh, you just sit there. You have this whole plethora of records. Play what you want. Have a little talk show on there, too. Yeah. And you can tell these guys are just having so much fun with it, too. Yeah, they're loving it, aren't they? Yeah, they all seem to have a good connection, even though, you know, like, they're sleeping around with various women of the, on the boat <laughs> and everything. But they're kind of just having, having fun on, on most of the time. Yeah, but you can feel that family kind of connection. connection. When yeah. they need to be, they are there for one another. But obviously, you've got you. Yeah, but even in any family, you're not always going to be like yeah. getting along all the time. <laughs> like, uh, like when Angus can't swim and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and the other guy, they just throw him overboard. Like, oh, maybe I'm sp- maybe you're supposed to do that with babies. He's like, <laughs> I, I can see the bottom. He's like, goodbye, and then he just starts going down. <laughs> Whereas it shows that family aspect there of they're trying, yeah, but it's like this ultimate dysfunctional family. <laughs> pretty much is isn't it <laughs> yeah oh do you know who else we haven't actually thick kevin we haven't actually yeah. spoken about him i'm not sure how i feel about him <laughs> oh thick kevin with the charades yeah he's like way too <laughs> he's a good person he's got a lot of friends <laughs> <laughs> a nice guy and it's like you're not talking about jesus are you like, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> why like, why did you just say so the son of God? Was yeah. he? Is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and then he finally makes sense once he gets like drunk there, where he, without Thick Kevin, you wouldn't, he wouldn't push uh, Carl there to that this might be his dad. And to think that of all the people that kept this part of the movie pushing forward there was thick kevin is like i know because i didn't think really bob seemed to be a dad well he looked like a dad but i was thinking he he wouldn't actually be carl's dad i don't know i really still thought but i think this is recently we've been watching these films where it's had a twist on the end and i think i'm still in that head zone where i thought oh it's going to trick me and actually his dad's going to be you were probably thinking the count then no uh, i think she thought it was like bill nye's character quentin you know thinking it was yeah, because that mention at the beginning was she, oh, she's like a fair sexual, yeah. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sexual queen or something, whatever yeah. you said at the beginning, yeah. So it's kind of like, maybe, maybe there's like a false lead on I think that. so. Yeah, it might throw you. But, I'm uh, quite yeah. gullible, aren't I? I believe anything. <laughs> they did a good job, though, where you notice once Carl comes onto the boat, all of a sudden Bob comes up for breakfast there with the rest of them there and he's been on the boat for seven months but they had no idea that he's been there that whole time yeah. whereas i think that shows where bob already knows but and he's trying to get close to his son but he, since he's so far off from everybody else there he has to ease his way into there and then you start seeing him pop up in more and more scenes whereas he's even in the in um 
in the wedding there to Eleanor there. Yeah. Yeah, it just seemed to be popping up a little bit more. I, th I think they did a good job in the movie there of easing him into that. Got any more notes? Um, I thought Gavin is a pain in the ass, but I've already brought it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've established that. Yeah, yeah. But I agree, he's a bit of a, yeah. So he's, you know, even within mannerisms. Yeah. <laughs> He, he gets a little bit better there um, towards the end, which, I mean, you have to do with the character. The whole time, because occasionally when I see a character from another movie, like, that's all I can think about is that other movie I've seen him in. Yeah. And he's in um in a movie called The Replacements, where he's the kicker on this football team that's got Keanu Reeves in it. And all I can think of it, and he was just a drunk, and he'd go out there to kick and smoke a cigarette. I'm like, this is the same exact guy. This guy's playing the same exact asshole character. <laughs> yeah, you do get people like that. A bit like Mil Bill Nye, who sort of plays that kind of like, ooh, like sort of semi-flamboyant, but yeah. not kind of in like a cool, suave way in, in, in the way that he just seems to do in his early roles he does. You see in this, especially if you watch Love Actually, you kind of get a certain... A very sense of the similar vibes from that. So we... And the same characters, so the same actors, they've kind of got quite a few acting casts. Again, I think it's Richard Curtis doing that, so, you know, working with cast that he's already worked with in the past and if you, if they work and they gel then mm. why not use them again yeah but we did have emma thompson's mother role yeah which that was a different character kind of for emma thompson because normally she's quite a not not such a bluesy with her knickers and <laughs> she's a little bit more down to work uh, yeah. yeah like a mum role kind yeah. of thing yeah, yeah. not a mum but not a mum is yeah. she really this mum yeah yeah, she wasn't a good mom on this. No, no. <laughs> oh, my son's got problems. So we'll just put him on this boat. And I'm thinking, well, I'm guessing her intentions was obviously for her son to meet his dad. Yeah. yeah. But like, trying to do it in like a passive way. Yeah, not yeah. actually talking to her son about it and yeah. being open and honest. Yeah. yeah, because she knows and whatnot. Because she even says, like, oh, how long ago did you hook up with Bob? Like, oh, how old are you then? Oh, there was 19 and a quarter years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so she's not the most tiring motherly role in this. I wouldn't want her as my mum, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, uh, any other pointers you want to discuss? Um, hang on, I thought I had one. Oh, um, another part that I liked uh, is when they're playing chicken there, and then after Gavin jumps off, like, I think it's next to um, Dave about his cheating wife and how he crafting the bed at four in the afternoon is uh when the count's up there he's getting ready to jump off the side he's like i don't even like simon and then it comes off at the end there where they're all just ragging on simon <laughs> yeah uh, i think that's a uh a good part there showing that dysfunctional family there and how they all mesh really well together because you can tell they do love him like in that brotherly love there but Somebody's got to be the butt of all the jokes there, and unfortunately, Simon's that one there. <laughs> you always have that though with a friendship, don't you? Like, um, I know you do with your friendship. Yeah, you have this one guy that you just pick on, and it's <laughs> yeah, we don't mean it's malicious, but it's just a jest. But we know if he wasn't there though, you'd miss him. That's the thing. Yeah, you exactly, value him yeah. that much. Yeah. That's why yeah. it's kind of the butt of the whole jokes. Yeah, <laughs> I do like um, I kind of keep <laughs> jumping back to the whole playing the chicken. Mm. That thing, but I do, I do like the there's a the the Morricone track that you know like that classical thing that was arriving from like um one of the Clint Eastwood films I forget what it is like the standoff 
yeah almost like a thing i did like that aspect as well that you know it's kind of a sort of nice little extra thing thrown in it's got nothing to do with like this uh, main soundtrack of the thing mm-hmm. so that's i thought it was a really good aspect of it yeah it's that big standoff there and then in the end there they end up just like okay we're all good with all this and then gavin starts that's the part of gavin where he starts to have that character development there into a good person there with yeah. apologizing to simon there and then he really starts to become part of the crew there where he's before he's like the he's known as the biggest disc jockey um in, in the world there and then he starts to melt into the rest of the crew there as part of the family after that chicken part there and that's when you start to enjoy him a little bit more as a character mm-hmm. he's still got that kind of jerkiness to him but he gets a lot better from that part. He on. does get a little bit better. It's, it's still no count, though, for me. And if I have to pick, it would be the count. But yeah, absolutely. No brainer. But I did love the fact that when they jumped off the um, with the chicken and they both jumped into the water, you literally get to the shot where Count has kind of looks like he's damaged yeah, his arm. Yeah, and then he's hurt his fingers and he's all bruised up, bless him. And you're thinking, oh, well, Gavin looks like he's got out fine. And then when he walks up, he's got his leg and his foot's been in a cast and everything. I'm like, oh, God, I'm glad that both of them His foot's wrapped up and he's limping. (laughs) So this was actually like an actual thing that happened over there for you guys, though, right? Wasn't there? Well, you guys weren't alive back then. But (laughs) back in the 60s, there there was actually a, a, a pirate radio station out there, though, wasn't there? I did look into this, actually, but I think it's sort of, it's sort of loosely based on a radio ship. So obviously it's a bit fairly fictional, but I think it is semi-based on uh, real events that did happen because I can believe that, you know, like like say, like the people in the, the sort of like the government would be like, oh, no, we can't let this this music be played because it's too rash and everything. So it's... Oh, yeah. It's just how that people were, they were not accepting of. Yeah, but something like that, though, where it could, like, push out... I mean, it focuses mainly on rock, but it says that uh, it mentions popular music throughout a lot of the movie where uh, where Twat says that he likes um, classical music, not pop. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of see that towards the end there during the end credits there when it's popping up albums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's rock album, rock album. Then Taylor Swift, Fearless pops up. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I had a reference back there because then Eminem pops up. I'm like, oh, okay. It's just popular music. Yeah, yeah. And then rock's been going for 70 years now since it changed from rockabilly. Yeah, yeah. And something like that's going to push that way more mainstream. And that was a nice, well, I thought it was a nice song to end on with the David Bowie Let's Dance. Yeah. Yeah. Sophie's not a really big fan of David Bowie, though. No, that sounds really strange, doesn't it? Hello, look his face. <laughs> but and that's, like my fa- that's my favorite Bowie song. Uh, I've been scared from a young age. It's been literally one of those things that, you know, it's like a torture chamber um, of David Bowie for me as I grew up. So, you know, normally you kind of love the music that your parents play. But, like, if you're listening to David Bowie 24 hours a day, uh, you're going to grow to hate them. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what's happened. Instead of going to love it, it's gone the opposite way. And any David Bowie song, I'm just like, I'm not a big fan. I'm like, you love it. You think yeah. it's amazing and you love to torture me with him, don't you? It's not on purpose, but I just, I just, I, I just really just like, I think he's just a fantastic artist. I've his soul. He just makes up lyrics, though, don't he? None of them make sense. It was the 70s. I'm sure there was something influencing it back then. 
<laughs> in the case of most pop people, not me is thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably just the drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like a lot of the bands you hear them referencing where like the drugs drive it like you listen to any Oasis interview, he, he just says, Yeah, I was I was pretty high back then when I wrote that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the Beatles you were saying they were known for yeah, after, after a certain point, they yeah they started taking drugs, and then you know like is that when the animal noises came into it? <laughs> yeah, like you know from like Sergeant Pepper and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that certain turn of it. Yeah, like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is the same as uh, LSD there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like Rocket Man, you I was quite gullible with that because I love Elton John, don't I? Yeah. And I didn't know all his history beforehand because obviously I didn't really Google into it or anything like that. And you were like that. I just imagined it was a man going to the moon, but then you were like, "No, it's to do with drugs." So I'm like, "No, it's well, not." Like any of these uh, music biographies they do, or um, well, have done or are going to do somewhere in there. Uh, all these big bands were involved in drugs in one shape or another. I think uh, probably the biggest one there was uh, the Dirt, uh, that Motley Crue biopic. Like a guy legitimately, like he OD'd from heroin, and then. Uh, came back to life, and then he went home and did heroin again. But then you listen to their songs, like, they're crazy great songs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There must yeah. be something behind it. <laughs> I'm just saying, a lot better than anything I hear on the radio nowadays. Yeah, people do say, like, what's the, what is going to be the next big thing in terms of music that's going to, like, you know, obviously you've, they've paved the way from the music back in the day. It's hard to now. Most pop does, to me, certainly does sound the same nowadays, you know, with the, the, the mainstream charts. It's a little bit like I could like listen to a song like, oh, who's that? It's some other new buddy that's popped up on the scene. Like, you sound old. But I don't know if you feel the same, feel the same way or not. But. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it's so repetitive. And I mean, I don't mind a few pop songs and whatnot here and there. But I think um, with Greta Van Fleet, um, there were a bunch of. These four boys from uh, Michigan, where I'm from here, and they sounded just like Led Zeppelin. And the fact yeah. that this these kids had to um, dump their prom days to go on a world tour because they sound exactly like Led Zeppelin, completely sold out. So I think that gave me a little bit more hope that uh, music's going to change here a little bit. But I think the early 2000s rock kind of ruined it there. Um, it wasn't anything special. It was all pretty simple, all the same thing. And then that's where pop and rap got to sneak in there and take over there but it, it all fluctuates so everything repeats itself eventually on on the trends that go yeah tr- trends always come back around you know everyone likes the vintage stuff and then that comes back so it's almost like like the Gre- Greta Van Fleet and Sander like Led Zeppelin it's almost like you've got to almost mimic a style from a pre- past band so like say somebody did almost exactly the same with the Beatles then they'd be like super famous <laughs> almost just to get that right i think that already happened though with the beatles where uh, as uh i guess oasis kind of like filled those shoes there mm-hmm. where they don't sound the exact same but they kind of took on that that later role even though uh george harrison said he hates them yeah so much. where he's dropping <laughs> they're dropping like lines from their songs or albums every like every opportunity that they they can Really, it's kind of like you know, yellow submarine, magical mystery, whatever. Yeah, just throwing those things. Can you tell that we love the Beatles? Yeah, yeah, like yellow submarine and then uh, supersonic train, and it's like you guys just slightly mixing it, yeah, changing it up there so you don't get fully sued there. Yeah, give, yeah. Give yeah. it time. Rock, rock's gonna be back up on the on the top of the charts there. Okay, so if we're good to go to the scoring, I think if that's all right with you. 
Yeah, yeah. Just to give you a bit of context, it's normally 10 being the highest, one being the lowest. And you can have 6.5s and such. Yeah, you can have so. 0.5, so yeah, whatever you want to. Right, so we'll go with you first. Um, I'd probably give it probably about an 8. The story, once you've watched it once, it's like, okay, that's the story. And there's a couple funny parts in there. And they did a great job on the movie, but I think that soundtrack there is the big thing that keeps it going there. And it's not quite like a comedy that you see nowadays. So it does have that little bit of rewatchability there. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking 8 just because the rewatchability there isn't, isn't the highest there. But that soundtrack there and the actual characters there, they're, they blend well together there. So going solid 8. Okay. Um, are you going to go yeah. next? So similar on what you've said, obviously, the soundtrack is very, very, very good and very... Into, like I say, like how I was so into what the songs were, I had to go and find the music from it and then add it to my like iTunes collection and all that stuff. But I think I've seen it quite a few times now. Um, so for me, it is a seven, really. It sits at a seven. It's like a good solid, like in the middle ground of thing. It's not in spectacular in terms of the, the storyline. There are times when the, the people... You, you kind of like, oh, I want to focus a little bit more, maybe more. There's a lot of characters to work with in terms of trying to get everybody's story. It's quite, a, it's quite a lengthy film, so like two and two hours, mm. fifteen minutes, which I didn't actually realise. I thought it was maybe like just maybe two, less than two hours, but yeah. Um, I guess, I guess to just thread out the story and the plot and every, every, not almost every single character's involvement in the thing with enough screen time for everybody thing. But I think it's, it's very solid and do recommend it, especially if you're a big fan of music uh of this you know 60s 70s soundtracking things for me so yeah i'm listening and i'm like i don't know what to score it <laughs> like i'm nodding along going yeah yeah fine points. <laughs> i think you'd already told me well i go into watching these films and i know nothing literally paul most of the me, time yeah unless we've seen it before just having a read re, yeah, yeah. But really, normally these are like yeah, because the only one that was the other way was Aladdin, right? Yes, yes. So I'd actually seen Aladdin. Yeah. Um, um, some of the things like um, you've got mail. Oh um, yeah, all the pretty, chick pretty flicks. Chick flicks, <laughs> um, <Chick> yeah. <laughs> is normally Sophie who hasn't <clears throat> seen a film, so I'm kind of like showing her like some of the stuff that I like and seeing how she reacts to them. Really, that's... we can say educating don't yeah. we that's how we word it educating oh, me yeah. in films yeah. really because my film history used to be just chick flicks wasn't it yeah like literally that was it that's all i would watch i didn't like watching anything scary some of the picks have been really good like i was thinking about uh which ones we could do and then i scrolled through i'm like okay we are, they already did reservoir dog they already did pulp fiction they already did scott pilgrim <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is all you because I have not seen any of them, so he loves it for the factor because literally oh. I wouldn't go out of my way and pick it. And I used to not watch old films either, did I? It'd be only if it was quite new, I'd be watching it if yeah. it was in the cinema. Or so something. it was like when we did like Hitchcock Monks and you like you really enjoyed I did actually those as well and things like that. Like that. I used to hate anything black and white and subtitles, it was like that would be my worst fear of putting a film on. <laughs> so obviously we've got a point because it's in colour. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me it was more because I know what love actually is as I know the director um so I kind of already when you said that to me maybe you shouldn't have said it <laughs> I already got love actually in my head and that's like a 10 for me 
it's it's a high one and then obviously this one i feel like has got more like a man kind of vibe to it it's a little bit more aimed at a man men humor yeah. yeah yeah so some of the stuff that you laughed at i know i'm really bad at comedy i'm one of those like not like i'm a snob or anything but like you put bar out on and i hated it <laughs> i'm not very good with some of the humor i guess it's wasted on me yeah it's not been, it wasn't too like wacky, oh like, no oh god don't even start with adam sandler i hate him <laughs> <laughs> like anything like that i would like this is my worst nightmare oh dang i I, sh I should have said something like big daddy or something oh no <laughs> just make you suffer through it <laughs> paul would have loved it i'd have been like spitting feathers afterwards i'd be like i write all these horrible things <laughs> so i think i'm gonna go with it's not gonna be lower than a five because it really was like the music drived it and everything like that all the comments that you guys have said it's got valid points valid characters got a family towards it which i i always appreciate but i think i'm aiming just because of the fact that you said it was the director of love actually um it's going to be a 6.5 from me and i know that's not giving the film justice it's more the fact that i went in with expecting something. massive expectations where it's something where the director went completely different with what he, what he normally does there I think a little bit they still had the side characters so you do have that kind of love actually feel of you having so many characters and getting to understand and them and i think that is definitely how love actually is and the british humor i guess a bit of the british yeah. humor but about time as well you probably won't want to watch that because that is definitely literally a chick flick yay <laughs> <laughs> it's really lovely and i think yeah that's for me but i really did enjoy it apart from the fact that they had to end on david bowie on the end as well like why would you do that because uh, David is a rock icon. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone's deluded. That's the thing. They're just deluded by this David Bowie, like that came along and looks like he can sing, but he's not. Yeah, it seems kind of hit or miss, though. For the like, I've listened to the Who so much, and like still to this day, it's like even if you do listen to him a lot, like like with you with David Bowie, if you don't like absolutely love them then you're gonna go crazy with them but if you do absolutely love them then you just eat that stuff up all day yeah yeah that's true it's like tom jones is a bit of another one for me my dad took we went to france and back and my dad put tom jones on the same cd all the way there and all the way back Ooh. and like i can't listen to what's new pussycat songs or anything <laughs> like that <laughs> oh i couldn't imagine I could not imagine. I can take him in doses. That's about it. So please feel sorry for me. <laughs> it's not her fault. It was her upbringing. <laughs> Definitely. That's why you're here to educate me now, isn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, you do. You're doing good. So, yeah, that's the episode. Thank you very much, Mike, for joining us on this. No problem. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been brilliant. I've really enjoyed it. And yeah, I love yeah. a bit of an insight of any american person and the fact i'm still gonna i'm literally the cracker thing i'm gonna be telling everybody about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm quite i think i might go on amazon this year and order some there so we can mix yeah. it up at least for the holidays yeah yeah definitely tell yeah. me what you think of it you'll probably yeah. be thinking why the hell have i even bought these it's a pile of rubbish <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so if you want to just give a quick reminder of where people can find you if you want to promote yourself yeah sure um Basically, any social media, if you guys type in Militello, you're going to find me. There's a couple of them where it says Militello 2, but for the most part, everything's 
Militello. Um, you can find me on YouTube, um, Militello there, where I got gameplay as well as uh, my podcast. Uh, the name of my podcast is Professionally Amateur. Um, you can find that on Spotify or anywhere you guys uh, get your podcasts at. Here soon enough, uh, within the early next year, I'll be back to video game streaming where you'll be able to find me on twitch.tv forward slash Militello. Yeah, fantastic. I think that's all of them. Great stuff. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, you can find us under the handle SP Film Viewers on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And then, of course, you can find our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you might get your podcasts from. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed what we've had to say. It's been lovely to have a guest as well. So thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank us. you very much again. I've really enjoyed myself. And um, so any films you do have that you want to give us to recommend, and if you want to do this again, I am definitely open to that. Yeah, definitely on board to do this again at some point. I'm, hey, if you guys ever want to do a Kevin Smith movie, I am totally down. Cool. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I haven't seen many of his actually, other than like um, like Clerks and Mallrats. Jane Bob. Yeah, Jane Bob. Um, yeah. Dogma yeah. was yeah. a great one. So yeah, no, at some point we might to do a thing of that as well. So yeah. Yeah, that's I've great. not seen any of them, so yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you once again, everybody, and we'll speak to you next time. Thank you very much. Speak to you next time. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.